the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello. This is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching. Father, we thank you for your word. It shall not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish your purposes today. And we're honored by the privilege of uh, having this holy writ that we can learn from. And Lord, I'm going to talk, you're going to teach, and we'll give you the, all the honor for it. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1. We're only going to focus on eight verses uh, this morning, and I'm going to get you out of here. Verse 1, after the death of Moses, no man in history had accomplished what Moses had accomplished in his lifespan. This single individual single-handedly overcame the most powerful nation on the planet Egypt at that time. And he did it without sword and without spear. He freed over a million people from slavery. He founded a nation of slaves that survived for over 1,000 years. He received a legal code that actually became the the cornerstone of, of Western civilization. This Moses announced 10 plagues, parted the Red Sea, sweetened bitter waters, bought manna from heaven, made water come from a rock, called down fire, caused an earthquake. And these are just a few of the things that Moses accomplished. But it says in verse 1, after the death of Moses, imagine how daunting it would be to follow a man as great as Moses. Imagine what it was like for Joshua having to follow in this great man's shoes. I mean, that's tougher than having to do the encore for, for Michael Jackson or James Brown. Imagine him calling you to dance after James Brown just danced. Imagine him asking you to sing after Barbara Streisand, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey just sang. This was the situation of Joshua. And now I think you can understand what God's going to say to him next. He said, after the death of Moses, but then he continues, he says, the servant of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, the highest title you could give a person was a servant of the Lord. Now, when Jesus came, he was the son of God. That's a higher title. But up to this point, this was the highest, the most distinguished thing that could be said about you. But what's amazing about this statement is by this time, Moses was not permitted into the promised land because he made a mistake. 
But what's amazing is in spite of his mistakes, he was still the servant of the Lord. And there's something you have to come to understand. There are no perfect servants. There are no perfect churches, no perfect pastors, only God's perfect plan. Amen. So keep your focus on the right thing. It said, it came to pass that the Lord spoke, what did he do? Spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. You see, the area we hear God most in is typically our area of calling. You know, every week it, it amazes me that God continues to give me something to say. Because sometimes I'm like, Lord, I think I said it all. I have nothing else to add. But each time he fills my mouth, uh, he, he's confirming the call he gave me originally. And again, God speaks to you in the area of calling. And if God's always talking to you about cars, guess what? You're probably a mechanic, a car designer, or your car sales. I don't know what you are. But whatever area God tends to speak to you in, that's the area of assignment. But what he speaks to Joshua about pertains to the nation. It said, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' what? Assistant. For 40 years, all Joshua did was help Moses lead. That, that was his entire job. Whether it meant, you know, going with the 12 to spy out the, 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 the promised land, whether it meant leading troops or just waiting for Moses while he was up the mountain, protecting and making sure no one disturbed his, his time of solitude and, and his time in the presence of God. Joseph was summarily Moses' man. And you see, it's, it's men like this who serve well that, that, that lead best. And based on, on where he's come from and, and all that we read about Joshua, we shouldn't be surprised that God selected him to follow Moses into leadership. He said this. He said, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, most of us familiar with the Bible know that they just went through a 40-day mourning period. Everybody knew Moses was dead. But the fact that God had to state the obvious reveals something about Joshua's heart. You see, most people in the, in the number two seat spend their whole lives and careers wishing and just waiting for that senior leader to drop dead. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And if he doesn't drop dead quick enough, you're going to try to kill him now. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you. So you can step into the limelight. But not Joshua. Joshua's a very secure man. He was a man with a tremendous amount of confidence. And because of his security, he never wanted what anybody else had. He never set his heart on Moses' seat. And you see, if you really want to be promoted, get your mind off trying to get what somebody else has. And just do what God's assigned you to do. In my life, all I want is what God has for me. I don't want an inch more or an inch less. Whatever's for me is for me. And that's all I want. And anything more might destroy me. And anything less, God might be disappointed. So in my life, you got to be secure enough to stay in your lane, do your thing, what God has anointed you for in life. He said, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is what? Dead. It's very important to celebrate the people of the past. But it's equally important not to get stuck in the past. You see, Moses was a man for his time. But Joshua was now the man for his time and this time. 
And he was about, though he was different, and though as many people don't know the name of Joshua as they know Moses' name, he was about to take his generation further east than Moses ever had. All of us have different giftings and different assignments. And we have to be careful not to compare our gifts with people next to us or people who've come before us. So he says to Joshua, I know you're mourning. I know uh, you miss Moses. I know you loved him. But I need you to get up. He said, arise and go over this Jordan. Joshua, it's time to get over who's not with you anymore. And a lot of people live their life crying about who left them. Crying who walked away from them. And at some point, you got to get over who's not with you anymore. He said, Joshua, get up. It's time to go over this Jordan. It's time to cross some new river, son. It's, climbed, it's time to climb some new mountains. It, it, it's time to pass over some old limitations. But you got to get over who's not with you in order to get into what's next. As great as that person was in that season in your life, they're not there anymore. And he's saying, get up, wipe the tears from your eyes, and walk on. He said, you, Joshua, and all this people. I say this often. I, I, I get suspicion in, suspicious in churches where the only person doing well is the pastor. That upsets me. Because in my Bible, it says the oil rolls down from the head, down the beard, and down the garments. And if God's anointing in the, is in the house, it won't just be on the pastor. It will be everybody that's wrap their, their hearts around that vision. You hear what I'm saying? God's not a respect of persons. He said, you and all this people. You see, whatever level your leader reaches, it's because that's the level God's trying to take the people. So the further I go with God is not for me to show off. It, 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 it's for me to help others go as far as I went with God. That's the only reason God takes me anyway is to take you. You hear what I'm saying? Every place, verse 3, that the sole of your foot, there's a different anointing on Joshua than Moses. There may be a different anointing on me than your last pastor, but you got to learn to adapt and adjust. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Notice, though the promise came from heaven, it wasn't activated until hands and feet got involved. Whatever Joshua was bold enough to put his his foot down on, God would be big enough to give to him. And in this season in your life, some things are not going to change till you put your foot down. Please pray about it. You can fast about it, but some things will not happen unless you put your foot down. And Joshua, the only way he was going to step into what God had for him, are you hearing me today, was if Joshua went out, got out of the prayer closet, please pray. But when you're done praying, get up, put your foot down, and take that which God has given you. He said, as I said to Moses, 
He's saying that the promises of the Moses generation would not be fulfilled unless the Joshua generation took the next steps. You see, Moses was great. Love Moses. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to Moses and spend some time with Moses. But Moses looked over the mountaintop, but it was Joshua that let him in. And I'm grateful for everyone who's been in your life to this point. You ought to be grateful for everyone God has blessed you through to this point. But God's about to release a Joshua anointing. It's not just time to dream about, to hope for, but it's time to step in. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon that you're in, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, See, those of us that know the Bible, it was an act of judgment here. And because God had judged the nation surrounding Israel, God gave them their land from the border of Egypt all the way to Iraq. And then it said all, which is a whole lot, the land of the Hittites and the Great Sea, which he was speaking of the, the, the Mediterranean here, which includes uh, modern Syria and, and Lebanon. Toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. But here's the problem. The only problem here was that God gave them a land already filled with people. And not just any old people. These were fierce and defiant people. But God was intentional and he knew exactly what he was doing. You see, the only way the Israelites could live in that neighborhood was if they learned how to fight. God is not raising spiritual wimps today. I look on this side of the room. God's not raising a bunch of punks today or back then. And God has us in this world for a reason. And they're going to be giants. They're going to be problems. They're going to be enemies in the land. But the purpose of it is for the Lord to teach you how to fight. And you will not survive, though, on earth till you learn to put your hands up. Till you learn that, you know what? I love everybody. I'm for everybody. But you know, as for me and my, we going, what's mine is mine. What God has for me is for me. You hear what I'm saying? And you got to get rid of that passive attitude about certain things. Because my Bible says this, the, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. I'm not talking about hurting anybody, putting anybody down, calling anybody any names. I'm talking about an attitude. I'm talking about that go get it. It's for me. I'm going to get mine type of attitude. If Jesus died for it, I'm going to take hold of it. That has to be your attitude. If you're going to dwell in the, in, on this side of glory and be successful at anything. Some of y'all just too weak, too whiny. Who didn't hear my feelings at job? That's why they're at the job. Because they need to see somebody with some light, somebody with some love, somebody with some character, someone to demonstrate the love of God in the midst of their hate. If you're saying, oh, swing low, sweet chariot, come on. You ain't even got problems like them slaves that wrote that song. I understand them singing them songs. But we have AC, grocery stores full of food. I can drive anywhere in the country. I ain't got to talk to Massa. You hear what I'm saying? I got me an education. I live on any block. No, 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 don't swing low. I got some things to do, Mr. Chariot. You hang on there for a minute. (laughs) 
Verse 5. No man shall be able. They will try. People will test you to see that what you, if what you say is in you is really there. But you know what? When I went up to an apple tree and picked an apple, I never heard the apple curse at me for wanting some fruit. I never saw a tree get mad at me because I wanted some fruit. So when you put that, that, that Christian thing on your T-shirt, the world's like, let's see. So they're going to play someone right in your office to pick your last nerve. And to see if love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control is going to be in there when they take a bite. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. And no man shall be able to stand before you. You see, what God has for you, I have some politicians in the room, may not be on the other side of easy. But it is on the other side of worth it. Do you hear me? We live in difficult times. But the greater the challenge, the greater the reward. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days. Did anybody hear what he said to Joshua? All the days of your life. This was not a short-term anointing. This was not just an anointing that would happen on last for a Sunday while you're in church. This was an anointing for every day of Joshua's life. And from what God said, the, 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 the conclusion Joshua, you know, would have to come to the conclusion I've had to make in, in my life. Now, I don't know what round my opponent's going to go down. But I do know if I find the courage to step into the ring. If I find the courage to keep on swinging, God will make sure before this thing is over, I'm still somehow left standing. But I got to get into the ring. I got to fight the good fight. And to the degree that I stand, I will remain standing. Again, I don't know what round. You know, when I grew up, my dad would watch the Golden Gloves on TV. And it was three-round fights. But they were, you know, the golden gloves were not for pros. And many of you, you're good people, but, but you kind of want a semi-pro situation with God. But Lord, I'm, I'm training for the minimum. Lord, I'm serious about the minimum. But when you step into that next level, it's not a three-round fight anymore. People that were good at three-round fights ain't so good sometimes at seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven-round fights. And I don't always know what round. If it's going to be the first, I love it in the first, though. I prefer it in the first. How many of you like the first? Who wants to endure? Who wants to take some blows? Who wants to take the hits? But if I make it to that point, only God knows the point. But when, when God's finally satisfied that, that enough of my medal was proven, enough of his glory could be revealed, it's at that point that the enemy goes down. He said no one will be able to stand. So they, they'll come against you, but they will not last. Yeah. I, I have found in ministry, I've been in ministry a lot of years. I hope I don't sound cocky today, but I'm just trying to get your spirit in here. Get, get you an attitude. I have outlived and outlasted almost all my critics. You hear what I'm saying? 
doing things they never, they said I would never, ever, ever do. But they came hard. They came strong. I thought they got me, but I just kept my hands up, kept worshiping my God. I got into that ring and I praised and I worshiped, hallelujah, in the midst of every blow. I thank you, Jesus, when they hit me in the rib. God, God, you know, God, God, God's going to fix it even when they broke it. You hear what I'm saying? And when I endured, God showed himself strong. Let's go on. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. What God was in the past generation, he will be in this generation. Now, you're singing songs, you know, them good old days. You remember the good old days. Well, God wanted you in the good old days, you would have been here. But God has set you in a time such as this. Because he knew what he put in you, he knew what the world would need when you arrived. But if we would just stand up and put our foot down like Joshua, we will find results like the old saints had. He said, I will not leave you. Now, God is about to be emphatic here because they're going to say it a positive way, in a positive way, as well as in a negative way. He said, I will not what? Lead you, leave you. God will never lead you into anything he can't get you out of. There's no seat deep enough that God can't reach in and, and then pull you out. But this says, nor forsake you. In literal Hebrew, it means to, to become weak or relaxed toward you. You see, he who watches over me neither slumbers nor sleeps. Meaning God will never, ever drop the ball or miss any detail as it relates to yours and my life. He is an on-time God every time, every time. Verse 6. He said, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Joshua had already, already proven that he was a very able Man, but even he could not fulfill the vision God had given him in his own strength. And here's the deal if God's really given you a vision, it will always be too big for you. And if you can fulfill it based on your own planning and your own strength, it's not God, it's, it's your flesh and your imagination. But here's what I find the greater work that God calls us to do, the greater strength and encouragement he has to give us for the task. So, before Joshua can do all the things God's assigned him, he has to be encouraged by God. And my hope is that this morning, you, 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 I'm so tired of this mealy mouth approach to things. Now, I'm praying that God sets some fire in your bones and that he releases some confidence and assurance through the teaching of his word. He said, for to this people, the people in this room, not the people who aren't in this room. Forget about the people not in this room anymore. But for this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. What is God doing? He's saying, Joshua, you could do this. God is the greatest cheerleader you will ever know. He's saying, Grace Church, you could do it. He's saying, you can do this. But let's dig into the caveat here. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. 
He was saying, Joshua, in order for you to do what I want you to do, you're going to have to learn to tap into my strength. Human strength can't do this. But only, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Joshua, I need you to act like you know, talk like you know, walk like you know, live like you know. But Joshua, the only way you can do that is if you tap into something bigger than yourself. Joshua, as great as you are, you're not great enough. And then it says, tap in, but watch the purpose of the tap in. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, what? Commanded you. In order for Joshua to live out the book, it would take him being strong and very what? Courageous. It takes courage to live like this book says live. It takes courage to think like those in this book thought. It takes courage to act like people in this book act. Walking with God is not for the timid. In fact, in fact Scripture says Paul was encouraging Timothy. Timothy, you know, the, the, the police officers, or the, back then it was the soldiers, were going to take him to jail because, you know, Nero was doing some terrible things in the church. And, and the church was doing really well. Until the persecution set in. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.